0: Welcome to the Practica Podcast, where we encourage the practical application of the pulpit ministry in the local church. I'm one of your hosts, David, and today Josh is not with us. So we have elder candidate Colt Maloney back with us.
1: Yep, round two, because like David said, Josh has abandoned to you. Yeah. But no worries. I'm, I'm, all, I'm here to all fill by in. Well, no, I'm here. <laughs> not, we're in the same space. Okay, that's true. That's yeah, true. I'm looking at you.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, See and you. and uh, I don't know what Josh is doing. You know, he's probably starting another podcast.
1: Yeah. He he is kind of fickle like that. You know, when he gets bored of something, he'll just he'll just straight drop it. So yeah, I'm. He here. probably
0: realized. You know what it probably is. He realized he's like. You know what? This is a really hard text that David had to do. <laughs> so I'm gonna outsource it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this is too difficult. Yeah.
0: So I'm going to, I'm just going to, it's
1: not going to show up.
0: Yeah. It's not going to go. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to hand it off.
1: Yeah. From from now on, whenever I don't want to attend something because it's difficult, I'm just going to say, <laughs> I'm just going to pull a Josh. <laughs>
0: yeah. Or you should just have Josh do it. Like, oh, hey, I did the podcast for you. Yeah. So that one
1: thing I did for you.
0: Yeah. Forever indebted. Now, now you're forever indebted. <laughs> yeah,
1: That's how that works. That's great. I like well, that. He'll so, be back next week because he'll see this or hear this in editing and yeah, shame. We know so. he'll
0: at least listen to the intro, and yep. then he'll feel the shame. He'll think of a good rebuke, and then he'll be back. Yep. yep. Yeah.
1: Looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah. But uh, today, I have a I have a dad joke for you.
1: I also have one for you.
0: Ooh, mm-hmm. this feels special. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Yeah. Um. Well, I've been holding on to this for a couple weeks now. Um and I was gonna share it with Josh but he's missing out yeah um but I really really love this one expectations so, are high I know I'm sorry if it's terrible it it is kind of terrible and that's why I find it funny yeah so but uh, I'm so excited uh, about this new group I joined I I I'm really excited about the amateur autopsy club that I had joined because uh, tomorrow's open mic night. You should be ashamed of yourself. Uh, probably. That's terrible. It's so good, though. <laughs> See, and this is why Josh and I admitted, like, this is what's hard. Some of the best jokes are kind of dark. Yeah. But. Yeah.
1: Yeah. months. not not dark. Oh, so, that's good.
0: Yeah. That's good. Help I'm, us recover, it's Colton. It's more
1: even keel. Um, what do you call. It's always the best start to a joke, right? <laughs> yeah. What do you call a factory that makes. Just okay products. What? A
0: satisfactory. Oh my <laughs> yeah. Goodness. That's very dad jokey. See? And see, see that's, what's, that's what's hard is like with dad jokes, you, they're not supposed to be like, you know, guttural laugh kind of hilarious.
1: Well, you're already prepared to be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, it's not going to be good. Yeah, so it's it's you just it's preemptive, you know, almost sympathy laughter. Yeah. You start it before at the punchline and it just it never goes uphill. No. So.
0: No. So yeah. yeah, who knows? We'll 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 keep trying to come up with better jokes. Maybe some of the listeners can send us jokes. Um I, I always love that. We had a great listener joke sent in last week. So send us some jokes. Um yeah. we love those kind of things. But uh, we're looking at 1 John chapter 3. We, we concluded chapter 3 this last Sunday. Yes, we did. And what we acknowledged was a difficult but very important text. And so, Colton, you, you'll read the text and then I'll give uh, a recap. So go ahead.
1: Yeah, so starting in verse 19 of chapter 3 of 1 John and going through verse 24, uh, we'll read that now. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before Him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and He knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do what pleases Him. And this is His commandment that we believe in the name of His Son Jesus Christ and love one another, just as He has commanded us. Whoever keeps His commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this, we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us.
0: That's good. Um, So this past Sunday, as we looked at this text and even last night at our group night, I had shared how really this becomes a really important text of reminder um, to look upon the hope of Christ in the gospel. Um, In our outline, we learned that God is greater than our heart And so we have confidence in Him because we believe and we abide. And so essentially out of this, we were reminded that often our heart condemns us. We wrestle with that. um, And so we need to go to God. Um, I love verse 20 that says God is greater than our heart. um, And He knows everything. He knows all things. And so, you know, you and I were talking before we hit record about the reality of how John is really pointing back a little bit to chapter 2. He even does that, he'll do that in the next part of chapter 4. And so essentially he's he's reminding the the reader in this the importance of fixing our eyes upon Christ and really trusting in, in God in all things. Um, and so we really dealt with the reality that often we... Don't always have assurance when we're looking at the evidences of the fruit. You know, really, this is almost the, the application then of what Josh had preached previously out of verse 18, um, the conclusion of his text previously, where we're called to love in deed and in truth. And so I had really tried to make the point, you know, that that our love is not just to be some kind of talk, but our love is to be defined by action and doctrine. And so that's very different than the false believer. Um, we don't even then have a reassurance in ourselves. Um, we're going before God, and we're looking for assurance to be founded in Him, to be rooted in Him. And so that's that was our second point, that we really need to find our confidence in God, in who He is, what His Word says. Um, I had really given a comparison of the difference between the false believer that says listen, I'm fine. Um, I, they basically suppress their sin and they they remain in a type of condemnation in their own heart. But really the true believer says, I've failed. They acknowledge and confess their sin and their inability. And we even looked at Psalm 32 as an example. Um, Psalm 32, the psalmist talks about when he had not gone before the Lord and really all he knew was hardship in his flesh and in his mind and God's heavy hand of discipline upon him. Um, but when we walk in repentance and obedience to God, uh, we find that we're filled with both confidence and and joy. Um, and so out of that, we really needed to be reminded that even if our heart does condemn us, we should have confidence before God and we should literally go before God. Um, and so out of that, You know, I had shared in our group last night the importance of Psalm 51. When we look at Psalm 32, it's essentially David's acknowledgement of his sin with Bathsheba. And Psalm 51 is really David's prayer of confession and his genuine repentance before the Lord. And in Psalm 51, David says, Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit. And so he's really asking, God please no longer leave me in this state. Yeah. And he comes before him and so really this in this we're reminded just as we were on that Sunday that we need to listen to the word. We need to go to the word and not the world or our wandering hearts. Um we had talked again how those things can be fickle, the world and our wandering hearts. And so we need to go to God, especially as we talked about in prayer, really asking the Lord, be merciful to me. Help me to walk in Christ and fill me with your spirit. And so we concluded in the exposition on the importance of believing and abiding. It was really a call to continual belief. Um, you know, chapter 2 recalls how the false teachers had gone out from the church. Uh, they did not truly believe in the name of God's Son, Jesus Christ, and they did not love the brethren. They didn't love the body of Christ. And so they neglected both uh, outward means and inward means. And so it was really important for us to remember that we need to persevere. We we have the assurance of God's preservation. Um, at the very end, um, John concludes with that encouraging Reality that whoever keeps his commandments abides in God, and God abides in him. And we know that because of the Spirit he's given us. And I quoted chapter 17 of our confession, paragraph 1, and we even read um, in our groups from uh, paragraph 3 of chapter 17. And I think that's just a really encouraging reminder that persevering in the Christian life is, is really the reminder that God has changed us to keep his commandments. He's in us, preserving us, and we are to continue to be believing and and really having our whole life governed and modeled after who Christ is. And so we concluded on really the question, are you believing in Christ and loving like Christ? And so that was really the heart of the exposition and the whole focus and again, our, our groups talked about that last night. They kind of wrestled through some, some questions. I mean, maybe even, Colton, you could share some of the things you guys wrestled through in your group time.
1: Yeah, one of the questions that we uh, broke down, um, second or third question. Uh, so we, we go through on Wednesday nights. Have you, have you and Josh talked through this? Um, in the podcast, a little bit, I
0: mean a third party perspective is not bad,
1: yeah, I mean, not to beat a dead horse if you guys have discussed this in great detail, but Wednesdays we gather and discuss this the sermon from the previous week in the same way that Josh and David have broken down uh, the sermon and application points um we gather on Wednesdays and go through a series of questions that are specifically tailored to the text that has just been preached. That's the the brief summation that I'll give, um, and if you've heard it before, then there's a refresher, but within that, one of the questions that we went over um, dealt with um, obedience and assurance. Um, if we're um, neglecting God or neglecting some of the commandments, um, neglecting prayer, neglecting time in the word, neglecting the gathering of the saints, um, neglecting fellowship as a whole, uh, or if we're... Um, being disobedient in any of those specific areas, um, how does that then affect um the rest of our life? Um, how do these things play into um all facets of life? And foundationally, I was even just looking at verse nineteen as you were kind of giving your breakdown, uh, by this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. Um, it's it's not uh be assured. Um that that text isn't laid out in a in a once I'll be all finished work. Like you're assured, continue in your life. You're good. Um, find comfort in that. That's it. Um, the reassurance that's necessary is because we're, we're fickle people, right? We're, we're often unfaithful. We're often disobedient. We neglect, our, we neglect God's word. We neglect time and prayer. um, Sometimes on, on Sunday, we would rather catch up on laundry or, um, do the dishes or mow our our lawns or, or do these things, which aren't inherently bad things, right? And you're stewarding, being a good steward of the things God has given you. But, um, we neglect maybe the gathering with God's people for those things, or, or we neglect fellowship with his people or time in his word or prayer or, um, things that are potentially and and ultimately commanded that yeah, we know are right. more fruitful. Um, but those things, those are the things that bring reassurance Um, time in his word and understanding um, a continual reminder um, of the gospel of the good news of Christ. Um, you brought up uh, chapter two, verse two, that Christ is the propitiation of our sins. We need to be reminded of that reality right. on such a regular basis Um, And when we neglect to be uh, invested in the truth of the gospel, um, we find ourselves lacking in assurance potentially. Um, Not that we don't have assurance as believers. Um, Chapter 17, as you referenced, the first section of that gives- Of our confession. Of our confession. Yep. Thank you for clarifying. (laughs) Sorry, we're in conversation inside just- Um, but of the, of the 1689 second line Baptist confession, we, we find in chapter 17 in the first section, um, a great iteration of the reality of assurance. Um, it digresses to a much more difficult place by section three, um, resolves in the same area with Christ being the propitiation of our sins, being the means of salvation, the means of reg- the, um, for our regeneration by the work of the spirit. Um, but. All of that to say in our group time, we started talking about obedience and assurance and verse 19 just very quickly establishes that as Josh broke down in 18, as we love in word or, um, in word or talk, but indeed in truth, by this, we know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. When we're invested in the truth, um, the Lord's yeah. like God's word is truth, sanctify them in the truth. Uh, that the Spirit would be continually working through God's Word, right, conforming us to His image. It doesn't happen apart from a work of the Spirit, um, or from your investment as we seek to persevere in these things. Yeah, um, it's it's they're hand in hand, right? Not yeah. disjointed, right? Um, but that assurance, that continual assurance. Chapter. Chapter 17 of our Confession, Section 3, it lays out, quite efficiently I guess is a good way to put it quite
0: explicitly quite explicitly that's
1: much better yeah than efficient it's also efficient it's not a lot of words Um, it's
0: one sentence one sentence the English major in in our group last night was like oh that is one long long sentence yeah
1: (laughs) it is a long drawn out sentence but it reveals the reality that when we're not abiding in Christ right when we're not seeking after what is true what is righteous what is holy who is holy Holy, when we're not seeking after the lord there's very real consequence for that right um,
0: yeah and you know one of the things we had talked about um in our in our group time that i think is a, a really important thing is when we when we think about what we're neglecting we tend to just personalize that compartmentalize um, it yeah we compartmentalize it and we often don't think about the reality that what we neglect often affects the brethren and I think that is something that is not disconnected in John's mind as he's writing this apostolic letter. Absolutely. He is, he's very aware that as he is writing to this church, there is a chance that, you know, those that are neglecting, again, we would use the term the means of grace. Um, and so neglecting not only prayer um, and, and word personally, but man, if we're even neglecting, um, our local church, um, that can really affect us as that affects others. And we tend to not think of of the extent of that. Again, I think King David in the Old Testament is a great example. Yeah, If you look at the sin of Bathsheba and the sin against Uriah when he had him murdered, and then you look at Psalm 32, and then you look at Psalm 51, I think what you find is David's realization not only of his own sin and the consequences upon his relationship with the Lord, but the consequences that even affect those around him. And you see that in the outcome of David's life um, and you see that again in those um, who he then responds with saying Lord, as as you forgive me and I trust in you I will teach your people what it means to confess their sin to rightly look upon you And so I think, you know, we tend to be a little bit individualistic. Absolutely. Um, But John's point throughout is, listen, if you're going to seek to love the brethren, you're not a little island. You're not isolated. So as we think about, like, these texts, we do have to think about them in ways of, how does even my backsliding affect other brothers and sisters in Christ?
1: Well, John puts it into perspective really well, as you're referencing uh, David and Bathsheba and all of the transgressions there. Yeah. Um, John John is not absent in acknowledging the reality of of sinning against brothers, as he references Cain and Abel in the relationship there earlier right. in chapter three. Great point. It's it's not it's definitely not disconnected. Yeah, um, you know this is all in reference to how we would love one another. Um, the the bulk of chapter three, continuing on in First John, um, as was a big point uh, in John's in synoptic gospel, right? Like, yeah, um, how we love one another, how we conduct ourselves as Christians—big, big points all throughout that. Yeah, which we went through in great detail over the last couple of years prior to this. <laughs> but the the a beautiful point that that is not uh, nullified um, by John, but is is really amplified as the reality that um, God is not ignorant of our sin. Um, It's not ignorance of our our sin. He recognizes the reality of who we are in our fallen state. Um, And in that knowledge, when we confess, repent, seek after him, grace and mercy is poured out in immeasurable amounts. And when we look at how we're to love one another in light of that reality, it should draw us to a position of humility, recognizing that because we've brought nothing to the table, we've that in light, sorry, not because, but in light of bringing nothing to the table, being redeemed yeah. in spite of ourselves. yeah. How then do we have any ground to stand on as, as um, you know, the relationship of Cain and Abel was one of pride and envy Um, How do we have any ground to stand on when we approach a brother or a sister in love recognizing that we should be profoundly humbled by the reality that we are a wretched sinner who has been redeemed by a perfect and holy God? Yeah. Um, And that person is in the exact same position as us.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny too, because thinking of the practical application of this, we look at this through the lens um, of... How merciful and and wonderful God is to preserve us. Yeah. Um. Again, as we think about the perseverance of the saints in in the reform perspective, that is not. I I better brush myself up. Pick um, yourself up by your bootstraps. Yeah, you know it's not a. I'm looking at myself and I'm thinking, oh man, I better do words. I better I better do these works. I better keep abiding because if I if I have failures or I have struggles, that I'm going to be tossed out. I mean, I think that's even the beauty of how we see God's family, the church, as a whole body together. Yeah, um, it reminds us that when we when we fail, it affects others, and that doesn't only bring in the negativity of how it affects others, but also it brings in the opportunity of others. Um, to remind us, because again, like you and I were talking earlier about the reality that, like, there are some who don't wrestle with assurance as much as others. There are some who don't wrestle. I think at times, even with obedience, none of us are perfect, right? But there is the reality that there are some who are are more naturally disciplined. You know, I I hear of brothers who are like, yeah, I read that book this last week. And I'm like, what part? They're like, the whole book. (laughs) I'm like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, seriously. I I read a chapter. I I, watched
1: six episodes of The Office. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man,
0: how much does that expose? But I think in that, you know, again, it becomes really important in a text like this to see that what John is saying is, listen, your confidence comes from God. Yeah. Your confidence doesn't come from yourself. And that's where we find assurance. We have to understand that the source of assurance is found in the Godhead. Right. And so... It's dependence
1: upon the unchanging God.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And so that, you know, in a, in a changing world with a changing flesh and so many trials and temptations and struggles and failures... It is profoundly encouraging not only to know God, but to truly continue to grow in knowing Him. Yeah. And so again, like I-, I think it becomes really important for us to grow in a maturity of this because you know I made the point on Sunday that there are non believers that feel less condemned by their hearts and their actions than some believers who actually feel more condemned by the weakness even of their own hearts and their failed actions. And so it becomes really important to understand the individual is not the decider right. of assurance. Praise the Lord yeah. for that. It is God the righteous judge. Yeah. Um, And so, again, that's, that's an incredibly encouraging thing because God uh, judges according to the truth. He judges according to his own righteous character. And so even though we at times feel... Uh, condemned, or or even if we feel clear, we are before God who judges rightly. Right, um, and so it's only the Christian, as we even looked at, that has a freedom from a condemned conscience, and and that they may turn and have confidence in Him. Um, and so, again, I think there are there are some challenges that we face. You know, I think we often don't realize that. You know, the writer of Hebrews says discipline. Doesn't feel pleasant at the moment to anyone, but it yields fruit when it is disciplined from God, who loves and who cares for us and is disciplining us uh, to make us more into the image of His Son. And so, I, I think when we when we struggle with assurance or even in in fact also obedience, it becomes a really important reminder. Um, Again, I I mentioned uh, on our Wednesday night time that, you know, there are are some mature believers that will often say, but but is that true? And it's really funny. I think often it seems in times of difficulty or lack of assurance, what we tend to do is we tend to speak to ourselves. We don't tend to ask questions of ourselves. Um, Again, we just almost make assertions which is funny because when we make those assertions then we lack assurance often right because we're just playing through in our heads and and yet we need the reminder of wait is that true yeah is Be- what i'm feeling true or is is the father's word true and i think that becomes a really important question am i you know am i trusting in myself am i trusting in my own uh, awareness or assertions or am I finding assurance in the word of God, which is unchanging?
1: Right. A, a continual reminder that has been super helpful as I've gotten to study the confession more. Section two, uh, a reference text for that is Jeremiah thirty-two forty, which reads, I will make with them an everlasting covenant that I will not turn away from doing good to them. And I will put the fear of me in their hearts that they may not turn from me. Mm. recognizing a right fear of God is is naturally going to produce in you a, a love for him as you, I'm trying to articulate this as best I can, but recognizing the reality of our assurance that it's based on the efficacy and the merit of the intersection of Christ, mm-hmm. that none of it is dependent upon us to perfectly do something. It's, it's what you've been saying. Yeah. But recognizing that we need, we need to be continually reminded. That was loud. It was loud. We need to be continually reminded. It was
0: your indicator that you were doing right. Me?
1: Yeah. Ooh, I haven't, I've never heard that when Josh was talking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I made it special just for you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) there's a reality that we need to have a healthy fear of god and in that it's it's going to produce a humility for us that leads to nothing but a love for christ and for one another yeah Um, When we're distracted by our own thoughts, by our own uh, processes, our own questions, um, and we're led astray from God's word, from what has been revealed to us by the Spirit to be true, um, of course we're going to feel heavy, weighed down, disconnected, and we need to be continually affirmed, reassured of our assurance. Because again, we're fickle people. I, I can definitely speak for myself in that. Like I am yeah. fickle and unfaithful more often than I would like to admit.
0: My yeah wasn't to say I could agree with your fickleness. I yeah. was saying Well, yeah, no, was... you know me. So there's <laughs> validation in that for sure. Yeah. It but goes yeah. both ways. Yeah, I also
1: know you. So That's also true. fickle. Yeah. You're yes. welcome. I can Yes I can, and Yes and <laughs> <laughs> But there's a reality there that we we just we need to be continually reassured of our assurance. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I do think this is one of the encouraging things that we find in um, our confession, and I I don't think that is to say that our brothers and sisters without a confessional heritage or conviction in their own church are are lacking in any way. But again, you, you see sixteenth century brothers um, being clear pastorally on the same things we are being clear on today that we, that we seek to be clear on today. Yeah. Um, and so again, you even go one chapter back from chapter 17 in our confession that we continue to reference and you look at the outline of good works and the whole chapter is reminding you it's not because of you. And when you seek to do well or you fail to do well, um, it, it is all by God's sovereign hand And so you you rest in that. You know, Paul says in Ephesians 2, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Um, So the only one who can boast is God. And so when we fail, it's not because then we've lost our position of of boasting. It's because we've forgotten our position of neediness. Yeah, Uh, I keep going back... In my mind, the last couple weeks to the the beginning lyric of Jesus paid it all, and sometimes it would be terrible to you know like sing hymns really really slow. But like I always meditate on them. And are you going to sing it right now? No, I'm not going to sing it. I'm not going to do that to you. (laughs) Um, But I want to like in this deep baritone. My voice is kind of growly right now. I'm ready. But basically, it begins by saying, "I hear the Savior say." thy strength indeed is small. Oh, that was beautiful. And then he says, the, the writer says, child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. And so like right there, you have, you have an incredible title for the Christian that we often don't forget um, because we have a dominant teaching in the American church for some reason that's like on the identity of Christ, but it really doesn't look at the sufficiency and the beauty of Christ. It more focuses on easing our troubled consciences. But that hymn really says, listen, you're a child of weakness. You are going to have failures, you are going to have struggles. but if you fixate on those, your mind is going to drift further from being before God. Uh, and really, as the as the writer of uh, Jesus paid it all reminds us, child of weakness, watch. Pray, find in Christ your all in all. And so, again, that's why we even concluded in the exposition, are are you believing in, which in the exposition we talked about how that is an active, present tense, uh, continual. Are you actively believing in Christ? And are you loving like Christ? Because, again, what's fascinating is even at times, part of our disobedience is trust, I mean, you think of that with a a child with a parent, you know, if a child is is already in the mode of disobedience and isn't sure, is maybe struggling with assurance of if I walk that way that I'm instructed, maybe that won't go well, and so they distrust, and so in their distrust, they become disobedient and they continue to not walk in the way they've been instructed. And so, again, I agree. I think our confession is so, um, so helpful. And yeah. it reminds us in the very last line there um, that, you know, yet they will renew their repentance. And it reminds us that God will uh, preserve us yeah. to the end.
1: I mean, look at you want a perfect summation of all the things you're saying as you were sharing the lyrics. Um, I was just reminded of Hebrews 12. Yeah. Um, it starts Hebrews 12, one, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin, which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance, the race that is set before us. And he goes on to explain exactly how you run that race, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God consider him who suffered from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint hearted mm-hmm. that continual reminder yeah of what was done yeah what is continually done because we know as Christ now sits at the right hand he is continually mediating for us maintaining that assurance maintaining the preservation of his people yeah like that is yeah
0: it's great comfort and i think it's why john um, reminds us in the conclusion of of chapter uh, 3 here that, you know, by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. Yeah. Um, so even when we doubt, we're reminded by the Spirit indwelling in us. Um, he helps us in our weakness, and he continues to even embolden us. Yeah. And so we're reminded. It's funny. I think, you know, it's... It, It's very interesting that in life we because we have a lot of different challenges and pressures and from world, so we have, you know, both both healthy and understandable expectations from from family and certain relationships and we have certain responsibilities. But we do tend to overcomplicate things. And so it's really funny when you look upon these texts deeply and you come out the other end, you really realize that the Sunday school answer really does need to guide us that the answer is Jesus. Seriously. And, and and when the Spirit is is helping us in our weakness or or interceding for us before the Father as as Paul talks about in Romans eight, we're reminded that that the answer is Christ, that we need to be trusting in Christ and obeying him. Because out of that, out of that continual believing, that trusting in Christ our desire then is to love like Him. Our desire is to grow into a maturity. And I think that becomes a really important application for the Christian that when we're discouraged, if we've truly repented and believed upon Christ, and and again, like we go down the understanding of how Scripture speaks of how the Godhead divinely saves a sinner. If we truly have been drawn and chosen by the Father, and redeemed, and reconciled by the finished atoning work of the Son, and were sealed, and were preserved by the Spirit, then where did we begin to think that it was ever a point where our fickleness dictates our faith? And I think that is an important thing to always remember, that the Spirit is given to us that we may recall and remember all that God is teaching us. And so... Again, I think it was uh, Thomas Brooks or Thomas Watson, one of the old Puritans had said, may our sin humble us, but but may it never keep us back from going to God. And I think we need to remember that. May it humble us, may it cause us to not be like David in Psalm 32, but, but see the blessed outcome of David in Psalm 51. Yeah. That even when our heart condemns us, we would understand God is greater than our hearts and we should seek to love him and obey him that that may even influence and guide how we love others. So, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I'm i having a really hard time not referencing Dwight when he talks about the <laughs> the advice that Michael gives him, hurts his feelings every time, keep it simple. I don't yeah. know if I'm allowed to say the last S on Stupid. On, yeah, stupid. Oh I, yeah. I don't know who you're who, It's the KISS method. Yeah, it's the Kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid. It hurts his feelings every time, but that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Right? Like it's, Well and
0: that what's funny is that <laughs> reminder always comes in when you're most stupid.
1: Yeah. 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 When you're being dumb. When yeah. you're listening to your feelings instead of being faithful to the truth. Yeah. Um and not Absolutely. not even not even that you're faithless when you're distracted, but when when we succumb to those distractions, to the work of the enemy to whatever it is. Um, more often, it's work of the enemy that we fail to recognize. Um, yeah. You know, when we're being fickle and stupid, yeah. we need to keep it simple and be reminded of the work that has been done. Absolutely. That it is finished. Yeah. Um, and that I, we have a helper um, that is there to teach us and guide us and equip us and continue to conform us into the image of his son. And that that's, that's unfailing because that's a promise from a God who is unchanging.
0: Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Well, that was really fun getting to chat with you, Colton, and and uh, talking about the exposition. Um, again, I actually now look forward to the next time Josh decides to start another podcast or, or do something else. <laughs> no, I think he was really just traveling, but uh, it's really fun. For those of you who don't know, as I mentioned earlier, Colton is an elder candidate at our church, and so uh, you'll get to hear from him from time to time as he steps in with Josh or... Uh, maybe even if jo- you step in for me and even yeah. Josh, uh, uh, get to chat. So yeah, yeah
1: that'd be awesome. Yeah. Hope it's, uh, hope it was edifying and encouraging and yeah, look yeah. forward to you guys listening.
0: Yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. Um, again, you can, uh, find, uh, Practica podcast content on our website, practicapod.com. Or of course you can always find us on the social media sites. um, Using the name Practica Pod. Um, again, we're glad that you're listening, and we look forward to the next episode. Bye.